From the garden level of Harvard Medical School's historic Vanderbilt Hall in Boston, this is Think Research, a podcast that discusses the stories behind medical research. I'm Abby, your host. Think Research is brought to you by Harvard Catalyst, Harvard University's Clinical and Translational Science Center. Diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. And an estimated 1.4 million Americans are diagnosed with diabetes every year. According to the 2014 National Diabetes Statistics Report, over 29 million people have diabetes. That's about one out of every 11 people. Risk of death for adults with diabetes is 50% higher than for adults without diabetes. People who have diabetes are at a higher risk for serious health complications, such as blindness, kidney failure, heart disease, stroke, and loss of limbs. While there have been important advances in diabetes treatment and ways to help people maintain a high quality of life, there is currently no cure for diabetes. On today's episode, we're going to hear about new developments in diabetes research and how by participating in clinical trials, you can help investigators better understand the disease and one day find a cure. Here to speak with us about exciting new advancements in research is Dr. Enrico Cagliero. He's a physician at Mass General Hospital's Diabetes Unit and Transplant Center, an associate professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, and the director of Harvard Catalyst Research Subject Advocacy Program. Hi, Dr. Cagliaro. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. When did you become interested in diabetes research? Well, the story actually began when I was in medical school and uh, I started to go to my clinical years. I already made the decision that I wanted to be in medicine and not in surgery or other subspecialties. And I was uh, in the hospital. I met one of my professors that was doing research in diabetes. I found that that was a very interesting disease affecting one organ, but then eventually affected the entire body. Uh, it's also very interesting from a physiological point of view. And I asked if I could do some research with him. And that's I, this pretty much how it started. And uh, like a lot of other things in life, that was just a pure coincidence. Probably if I had met another professor in another subspecialty, I would have done something else. But I really was fascinated by the research on diabetes and I stuck with it for throughout my career. I'm intrigued by your research around islet transplants. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So in type 1 diabetes, the body, the autoimmune disease attacks uh, these few cells in the pancreas, the islets, that make insulin. And so the patients have a perfectly normal pancreas, except the fact that the islets are not making insulin anymore and they are destroyed by the body. And so clearly an idea how to cure diabetes will be what about transplanting, and we don't need to transplant the entire organ, although pancreas transplantation happens as well, but it's more an involving procedure. You, can ju- you just need those few cells. And research on islet cell transplant has been going on for many years, first at the animal level, but even in human for many, many years. But it's up to the around 2000, and the results were really not successful, only out of 100 patients that were transplanted, only 5-10% had a really successful uh, 
outcome in the fact that the diabetes would go away. But then over the last decade or so, with the newer medication, because of course when you transplant an organ or even some cells, you need to use uh, drugs to avoid rejection. And using this different technique and isolating the cells from a donor pancreas, we now can cure diabetes in patient uh, by just uh, transplanting these alides. These are a very small volume, so it's really a uh, not a surgical procedure, but just isolating the cells and infusing through a vein in the body. What's the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Diabetes uh, in general is a disease in which the blood sugars are elevated, but type 1 and type 2 diabetes are very different from uh, the form of which kind of disease they are. In type 1 diabetes, the body stops making insulin completely. Is the diabetes that most often starts in, at a young age, although not necessarily so, and is the type 1 of diabetes that before the discovery of insulin was uh, always lethal and people would die uh, after a few months of the disease. Type 2 diabetes instead is a disease in which the body becomes first resistant to the effect of insulin and then eventually the body also makes a little bit less insulin. It's a disease that happens uh, more and more is the one that is responsible for the epidemics of diabetes in the world um, and usually occurs in adulthood or mostly in elderly patients but and it is the one that is linked to the epidemics of obesity as well. I'm also interested in your research related to how mental illness impacts diabetes. Can you tell us more about what you studied in this area? Sure, it, there is a lot of research ongoing now with the fact that the brain is also a target organ for diabetic complications. So it goes both ways. Patients with diabetes, they tend to have a higher incidence of um, dementia. Um, they can have small strokes. The vasculature in the brain is affected by long-term diabetes. But we also know that uh, some uh, mental illness uh, by themselves or by the medication that they're using can affect uh, diabetes. What we have been working has been looking at the relation between schizophrenia and diabetes. We have found that patients with schizophrenia have a higher incidence of the type 2 diabetes than a patient uh, without schizophrenia. And part of it is probably because that there is some associated insulin resistance with it. And then a lot of the drugs that are now quite effective in treating schizophrenia as a side effects induce a lot of insulin resistance and so they can cause diabetes in a lot of patients. And we have been studying different drugs to see if there are some that are better than others to use, especially in patients that are predisposed to diabetes. With all this research happening over the last several decades, has the life of patients with diabetes improved? Certainly. So we don't really have a cure for diabetes as yet, but uh, patients with diabetes with the new medication, new technology, have an easier time taking care of their disease, and most importantly, they are developing fewer complications than they used to develop in the past. We have more and more people with diabetes, unfortunately, because of these epidemics of obesity and diabetes, but if we look at the percentage of patients with diabetes who end up having severe complications from blindness, renal failure, heart attacks, etc., the percentage of people developing disease decreased significantly over the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years. So patients with diabetes can live a 
uh, easier, longer life uh, without all the complication that uh, used to occur years ago. What do you think is the future of diabetes research? It's hard to predict the future, but uh, I think that there is a lot of studies ongoing and there are different, uh, um, different areas. So the one area is, can we really cure or if not cure, prevent type 1 diabetes from occurring? And type 1 diabetes is an immune disorder. So there are a lot of medication ongoing. There are a lot of uh, studies. They are thinking about using stem cells, for example. And so I can envision that in the future we can potentially prevent type 1 diabetes. There is also research ongoing with these bionic pancreas, artificial pancreas, so patients that have type 1 diabetes, they be, be able to manage that completely efficiently. Type 2 diabetes is a different disease. Genetically, is very different. There are probably a lot of genes involved into the disease. Um, so it's probably going to be harder to cure it, but there are so many new medications that make it the management of uh, type 2 diabetes much better. And so that is probably an area that is going to continue. You just mentioned that there are a lot of ongoing trials. Why is it important for people to participate in diabetes research? Well, without uh, uh, human clinical research, uh, clearly we will not be able to have new drugs or new treatment uh, uh, Scientists studies a lot of these uh, mechanisms in a lab, in a tissue culture, in a test tube. Then they bring their discoveries to animal model, but uh, humans are much more complex. And of course, we will not know the, if the safety about medication or intervention without uh, clinical research. So without the diabetes research, we would not have any further improvement in the care of diabetes. And then people participate in uh, diabetes research or research in general, mostly for altruistic reason. Uh, participating in a clinical trials, you usually do not know if the treatment that is being tested is better or worse or the same of what is ongoing. And uh, the reason uh, that people participate is because they want to bring the field forward. They want to help uh, this the discovery of new treatment that sometimes could help them in the future or sometimes could help other people with the disease. And so it's mostly an altruistic decision, of course, uh, is a decision that everyone should think if he or she is interested in participating in research. Um, but it definitely needed to bring the field forward. How can people find out more about ongoing diabetes research and how do they get involved? Well, there are many different ways where people can find out about clinical research or diabetes research. Uh, one of the uh, initial way will be to discuss uh, interesting participating in research with their physician, their primary care, any healthcare professional that they have access to a lot of this clinical trial. Um, there is also a lot of uh, advertisement about studies ongoing in different way from newspaper to the tea to uh, specific journal. There are website also. There is the clinicaltrial.gov, which is a registry of all clinical trial ongoing in the country. And you can uh, look if there are any studies about diabetes happening around where people live. Or there are also professional organizations that uh, are involved in uh, research. Uh, and uh, on their website, sometimes they have link to clinical studies. If one of my friends or family members wanted to get involved in research, what would you recommend they ask? 
Well, the most important thing about any clinical trial, I think, is first of all, understanding why is this study being done? What are the purpose of the study? What are the aims? Then the important thing is what are the risks and what are the potential benefits? Is this a medication that has been used before? What do we know about the risk-benefit ratio about that? Um, and then the last thing is uh, what the study involves. Is a study that involves taking a new drug? Is a study that requires having a lot of uh, a visit to the researcher lab? Does it require to have any x-ray, blood drawn, and just to really understand what you are getting into? And of course, studies uh, participation in a clinical trial is completely voluntary, so people can decide that if that is not something that they are comfortable, they don't have to do it. And also, they can also change their mind. So it's not that you are in a, signing a contract and I'm going to be in this study for the next 10 years. If something changes or if people are not comfortable, they can stop participating in a study at any time. What do you think is the most interesting part of clinical and translational research? The most interesting part of CT research, I think, is also the relation that you develop with the research participant, with people that are altruistically put their time, their literally their blood, their body, uh, for advancing healthcare in general for all of us. Without uh, thousands of these uh, anonymous or unsung volunteers, we would not have anything from Tylenol when you have a headache to the most basic medication. And of course, in diabetes, all the different uh, treatment, the different insulin, the different pills. So I think that having the privilege to work with these people is really fascinating and brings you focus on the fact that what you're doing potentially has an impact on thousands and thousands of people. Is the ultimate step to improving health. Harvard Catalyst Think Research is supported by NCATS, the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences. Join us the first Wednesday of each month for a new episode. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and our website, www.catalyst.harvard.edu slash thinkresearch.